O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Our creator cares about bodies. This may seem a strange reminder, but in religious circles, we spend a lot of time talking about souls and spirits, forgetting that our souls and spirits are embedded in skin, muscle, bone, and blood, with sensory organs that see, hear, smell, feel, and touch. According to the Bible, our Creator has cared about our bodies since she created human beings, beginning with Adam and Eve and going all the way down the genealogical track to Jesus. But before we talk about Jesus, we need to talk about Mary, Mother of God. By means of Mary, the Divine Spirit chose to be made flesh through the body of a woman. We don't know what Mary looked like, of course, but as I've compared statues of slender, delicate, rather anemic Marys to the Black Madonna in Richmond Hills Garden, I wonder if the real Mary was more like the second one. I imagine her with a body that was sturdy, capable of growing and birthing a baby with ease, with ample breasts for nursing and a strong, encompassing embrace surrounding and protecting her sleeping child. Of course, we don't know what Jesus' body, the word made flesh, looked like either. Ancient icons of Jesus often portray him as a lean, monastic-looking sort, akin to one of the Desert Fathers. 19th-century European and North American paintings represent him as golden-haired, blue-eyed, and angelic. More contemporary pictures often depict him as a bearded rock star with great dental work. We just don't know. My guess is that his skin was darker rather than lighter, his hair brown rather than blonde, his eyes brown rather than blue. We read in the Gospels that Jesus was criticized by his opponents for enjoying his food and wine a bit too much. What if Jesus was short in stature and had a pot belly and a jolly laugh? And what if, as more than one theologian has wondered, God came to us in bodily form not just to save us, but out of a desire to experience what it was like to have a body? All reflections aside, Luke tells us that 
one Sabbath day in a synagogue amongst a crowd of upright, healthy bodies, Jesus noticed another body bent over and hiding in a corner, not expecting to be noticed. Her back aches, her neck aches, her arms ache from supporting her upper body on two short sticks. The pain has been a constant for 18 years, ever since Satan smote her with the illness that has left her unable to stand upright, unable to raise her head, unable to see the faces of the voices around her. She is only able to see her feet and the ground. Some people pity her, but most simply ignore her, a useless woman made invisible by her infirmity. But what they don't know is that she has a secret life available to her in her reduced line of vision. Her world is one of ants, beetles, grasshoppers, and other creeping things. It is one of wildflowers, grass, and beautiful, strangely shaped rocks. It is one of kittens, stray dogs, and crawling babies. It is a world of blessed, divine creation existing in a world that is eight feet in circumference and three feet high. She sees enough to know the miracle of life and to want more of it. Because her circle of vision is so limited, her sense of hearing has become more acute. And perhaps because she is invisible to others, they are less careful about what they say in her presence. She has come to understand that she is not the only one going through life crippled by burdens that leaves one bent over, vision compromised, and in pain. Hers is the burden of physical illness. Others, who appear tall and straight outwardly, perfect specimens of human beauty, are inwardly bent over with emotional and spiritual burdens. Numerous worries and anxieties about money and possessions, gaining them and losing them. Broken relationships, hopes dashed, the loss of loved ones. Pride, greed, self-centeredness, hatred, and fear. These burdens come from every direction, the wear and tear of unpredictable life and unpredictable people. The day-to-day worries about finding shelter, clothing, and enough food to keep bodies alive. At other times, the burdens are placed on them from outside unjust power systems. Roman conquerors with their feet on their necks, crushing them into the ground. No, she is not the only one who is bowed down under heavy burdens. She is surrounded by spiritually bent over people who aren't always aware of their poor posture. 
She has arrived at the synagogue this Friday evening, as is her custom, and has taken her usual place at the back of the room, in the corner. She has heard about this new preacher from Nazareth, has heard the rumors about his miraculous healing of a woman with a 12-year hemorrhage. Not that she is expecting anything of this for herself, mind you. Miracles are for other people. If you hold out hope for a miracle, she thinks, you are setting yourself up for nothing but disappointment. After 18 years of being bent over in her life, she has given up all expectation of any change in anything. This is her lot, perhaps the result of some unrecognized sin on her part, or so she's been told. She has grown used to life being this way. She is late. She's moving more and more slowly these days. As she enters the room, she hears the rabbi's voice go silent. She wonders why. Then she hears a voice calling her, her, to come forward. You, woman in the back of the room. Yes, you, daughter of Abraham, balanced on two sticks, the expert on bug life and crawling babies. Please come here. Startled, she shuffles forward toward the voice until she sees his sandaled feet in front of her. Warm, strong hands reach out toward her hands, loosening her grasp on her sticks until they fall away. He is supporting her arms now with his hands, lifting her up, first her hands, then her arms, then her upper body, up and up and up until she is standing straight, meeting his eyes with her eyes. His eyes are smiling, welcoming, but questioning. What are you going to do now, woman? They seem to say. The pain is gone. She looks around. Who are these people? A few are scowling, but most are smiling. And then her tears begin to flow. Tears of sadness for lost years, mixed with many more tears of relief, tears of joy, tears of thanksgiving, Lifting her eyes and hands to the heavens, she cries out to the God of her fathers and mothers, the God who has this day created her anew. She was dead, but now she is alive. Her body, mind, heart, and soul together are light. The gripping pain that filled them is gone. She is aware of love flowing toward her, through her, and out of her. The people next to her are hugging her. There are a few, though, who still remain bowed down under their cold, sad burdens of religious rules and hypocrisy. She hopes Jesus will touch them, too, 
and release them of their burdens they don't even know are there. But she walks out of the door this evening, tall and straight, with shining eyes, her voice declaring the glory of God to all who will hear. God who removed my burdens can remove yours too. This is only the beginning of the story. I invite you now to close your eyes and sit for a moment in the presence of our Creator. Close your eyes and acknowledge God's presence in this place. Is there a burden resting upon you that is keeping you from standing upright? What is it? Loneliness? Exhaustion? Hopelessness? Something that you wish you had done? Something you wish you hadn't done? A burden that you are carrying for someone else? Quietly, in your heart, bring to awareness this burden. Feel it resting on your back, a heavy load bowing you down. Lean forward, gently, face toward the ground as your body feels the heaviness of this burden. Now ask God to lift this burden from you. If the burden you are carrying is for others, it may remain. But ask that God help you to carry it and make it lighter so you can be strong as you work to remove it from their backs. Know that God loves you and wants this for you with a fullness of grace and compassion you've never known before. Imagine the Holy Spirit lifting you up, 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 the heaviness growing lighter and lighter. And as you do, gradually sit up straight. Lift your head. Now lift your hands. Now lift your face. Imagine getting up and walking forward, tall and straight, to receive the bread and cup, or sitting straight and tall, receiving them where you are. Imagine yourself joining with others in this room as we eat and drink together. And imagine every morsel of bread and every drop of juice that goes into your mouth 
entering into your body, becoming part of your body, real food, entering your real body, nourishing your body, becoming part of the cells of your body. Now, open your eyes. Look at your hands. Keep looking at them as you hear and hold these words from Teresa of Avila. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Amen.